Thanks for joining us for another episode of Staying On Side. We are your hosts, Cam Miller and Isaac Ming. How are you doing on this beautiful afternoon, Isaac? Oh, not too bad. I just got home from a long day at work, and now I get to chat a little bit with you about some hockey that's gone over the past week, so can't get any worse than that. Nice. Can't ask for much more, right? Um, I guess we'll just dive right into it. We'll start off by... Um, Isaac and I have mentioned that we work for the Vancouver Giants, so obviously this is a Vancouver-based podcast. Lots of talk about the Canucks and um, around the NHL, but we're just going to touch a little bit on the WHL um, at the start of this podcast. So the Vancouver Giants um, are making a push for the playoffs here. They're currently in a playoff spot, and right now I believe it's looking like if if the season... WHL season ended today. Today, we would play the Portland Winterhawks, I believe, in the first round. Um, I'm not too familiar. I'm not. I'm not too sure how familiar our audience is with the WHL. Um, but Isaac, what do you think about that matchup? Um, I mean, Portland's had our number. I feel like a few times this year. Uh, it's definitely not one of the scarier teams, which. I'm all right with. I feel like we have a better chance against Portland than a few other teams. So um, I'm gonna sorry. I'm gonna interrupt you. My mistake. If the playoffs ended today, we'd play the Blazers. Okay, that's a huge difference. <laughs> yeah, that's a big difference. That's my bad. Uh, the Blazers are a pretty scary team. <laughs> that's the team that I was kind of referring to that I don't want to play, and we would have a not very great of a chance. Uh, Stan Coven yeah. and Ryan Hofer are two of the notables on that team, as, as well as Owen Zellweger. So, um, yeah, I don't think we the Giants would have too great of a chance. But we also said that last year against uh, who did we upset last year? Was it the Silver Tips? The Silver Tips in the first round, yes. Yeah. The team was a little bit different last year. We had Ostapchuk, yeah. Lizell, and Adam Hall on that first line, and they essentially carried us through that first round. However, I mean, Sammy, Sammy Honzek's pretty nasty. Sam Honzek's pretty good, and Ty Thorpe has really taking a, taken a big step up this year in the absence of uh, Ostapchuk after we traded him. Yeah, but I mean, I our, defense, that, our defense isn't uh, as good as it was last year. Uh, I feel like our defense a, is bad. a lot of our key defensive players from last year took a uh, stepped away this season, and they're, doing, they're playing on other teams. So um, I feel like if we have a weak spot it's definitely our defense in my opinion but yeah i i don't know i i think our our our, our one line and our goaltending can kind of hold it down for for however long we need it to i was about to say that's the one advantage i'd say the giants have is goaltending just if you look at it just goalie talent versus goalie talent yes reichman is a very talented goalie um he's also quite a bit older than either of the Blazers goalies. So that, that gives us an advantage there. But realistically, there's only so much a goalie can do. I mean, the Blazers are 36, 10, and 4, compared to when you look at the Giants, we're 21, 26, and 4. So, yeah, like you said, not the greatest of matchups for us if we were to play them in the first round. But I mean, it would be nice um, to play Portland. It would be nice to play Portland, and I think we'd actually have a chance. We beat them earlier on in the season, so... I think we'd have a chance, and like you said, it's the playoffs. Anything can happen. Just touching on Portland real quick. I miss their old jerseys, man. I don't like how they uh, adopted the Seattle Krakens jersey concept, kind of. I think it looks awful with their new logo. I, I disagree with you, because I don't think they just copied the Kraken. Like oh, They it's, totally it's did. A, no, they didn't. I, I think it's a lighter blue. It's like a baby bluish oh, more compared right. to the Kraken, which looks yeah. more kind of like turquoise. Um, I actually, I really like their new jerseys. It looks cool. Um, I like the baby blue and the white together. So plus, I mean, you got to change it for, um, political reasons and respectful reasons. So fair enough. Moving on to our next 
big topic. That's enough for the about the WHL until now, until we actually get into the playoffs. Um, moving on to our next big topic is the Ryan O'Reilly trade that happened last Friday. What do you think about that, Isaac? It was definitely a little bit of a... I think it was a bit of an overpay, just because Ryan O'Reilly isn't the player he is he once was. He's 34 years old. He's not having that great of a season. I think he had the last time I checked, he had 19 points in 50 something games. I'm just quickly looking it up real quick. I just the thing I, about the Leafs, the amount of the amount of picks they gave up for Ryan O'Reilly and Nolachari. Like he has 20 points in 42 games. Like it's not that's not bad. It's just for your third line center. It, I I don't think it's um, I don't think it's that great of a trade for the Leafs, but it's going to push them over the top, which they need to do. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it was too much for what they got in return. I don't mind the trade for the Leafs. Um, I believe it's, it's a bit of an overpay, but honestly, that's what you're going to have to do if you're the Leafs, especially if you're getting him at such a, such a low cap hit. I believe they got him at 1.875 because um minnesota retained 50 percent and st louis retained 50 percent so they got him at 75 percent retained 1.875 a third line center that brings a veteran presence in the locker room leadership abilities he's known for his defensive game i believe he's won the selkie in uh in the past so it's it's honestly exactly what the maple leafs lack they don't need a top six scorer they need exactly like they need someone like ryan o'reilly who can slot in as that third line center oh for sure that provide some scoring um and some defense so that's the thing like ryan o'reilly will will be a good fit with toronto because that is what they need i'm not really saying that i'm just saying for what was given up for one year of a 34 year old uh ryan o'reilly who is a ghost of what he was the selkie and all like what you just said like i don't think he's the same player or i know he's not the same player i just think the 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 package that was given up was way too much well they gave they gave their first this year their third this year and a second next year and i think that's okay don't forget about the goat adam godet okay adam godet canucks legend um, who is in the AHL right now? I don't even. I don't think. I don't even think he's on the Blues roster. I think they sent him straight to the AHL. But um, three picks for and Mikhail Abra- Abrahamov. Um, yeah, but they didn't give up any of their top prospects, which I think is what Dubas wanted to avoid. So he was okay giving up picks um, when he didn't have to give up prospects. So I think. I think the Leafs. I think each team made out well in this trade. Like the Leafs got what they wanted, St. Louis got what they wanted, and let's talk about the third team in this trade, the Minnesota Wild, um, retaining fifty percent as well. They got a fourth for that. I mean, it's in twenty twenty five, but I mean, the Wild have all that all that cap space, I guess. So, and it kind of bugged me seeing them. that. It bugged me seeing it because I think the Vancouver like, Canucks we should be that. doing that exactly. Like we have all the space in the world now that we have. Um, um, Mikheyev is on. I think he he's on LTIR now. OEL OEL is most likely going to go on LTIR if his if his leg is not going to get any any better. Um, Pearson got put on LTIR, so we have the money to be taking on these kind of trades. So I do hope that going towards the trade deadline that we take on some cap for some picks or at least something. I think that's something that will happen, and if if the Canucks don't take advantage of that, I think that'd be a mistake. I was about to say, um, is, it, is it like a failed trade trade deadline if we don't take on any any cap for picks? It depends what else we do, but I I think it's it's the smart move to take on some cap space in return for some picks. It, it would it we could take advantage of that. I I also don't see the point in putting on putting these guys on LTIR if we're not going to be doing that, right? Especially at this point of the season. Yeah, but yeah, that basically sums up that O'Reilly trade. Um, again, in my opinion, all three teams made out with what they what they wanted out of that trade. So, um, the next kind of big piece on the market, I'd say, um, I would say it's Patrick Kane. Uh, what would yeah. you say, Isaac? Is is Patrick Kane the biggest fish out there still? 
he can be. I would also go and say that Timo Meyer is still out there and Jacob Chikrin is also still out there. So I would say yep. those two might be the bigger fishes, but you'll have to give up more for those two than you'd have to give up for Kane. I think the biggest thing about Kane is just cap and having the Chicago take on salary. So that's mostly where all the the picks that you're going to have to give up for him are going to go is because of the cap retention. Yeah. And I don't think Kane even... Like, O'Reilly expires after this year. Like, he's a UFA. So if they're able to re-sign him, great. But if not, then he's a rental at 1.875. But I don't think Kane expires. I think he's got one or two more years left at whatever's cap it is, 10.5. No, no, he expires after this year, actually. I was just just looking it up. Yeah, he does expire after this year. So he but, would also be a rental, but at 10.5, that's... 10.5 10 is pretty crazy. If Chicago can, yeah. can take on 50%, then that's a pretty good contract when you're taking on Kane. And he's not having like an awful season. Um, 41 points, 52 games on the worst team in the league. I don't think that's too bad. He's definitely a and, shell of his former self, but you're still taking on one of the best wingers in the league, in my opinion. I have him on my fantasy team. I would not say best winger in the league, though, but one of the best wingers in the league. I have him on my fantasy team, and bro did not do anything at the start of the year. Like, I was fed up with him. I was, like, benching him for, like... Yeah, but he doesn't really have anyone to help Kraken. I know. 41 points in 52 games with when you're the only player. Like, who else is on Chicago? Seth Jones? That's notable. I, Max, Max Domi? Domi yeah. uh, Andreas, like, Anthony CU. But what I was going to say is, like, he's been playing better as of recently and i think maybe that's because he wants to get traded um well, but he's definitely been playing better scoring. as of recently he scored a hat trick last yeah, game i believe exactly yeah so yeah maybe he's worth he's definitely worth a trade for a, a contending team that maybe needs a top six winger if they're able to fit him under the cap and i'd still again I'd still go would... as i'd still go as far as saying that he is one of the better wingers in the league just because even just last year, 92 points in 78 games. You're not in, at his age. Like, not a lot of guys are doing that, especially with the... And then, like, I think he's the perfect piece to kind of go onto a team if you can get him at five and whatever uh, the cap hit will be because he's got the cup pedigree. He has played on dynasty teams. He knows how to win. So um, for teams that are going out there, I, I do think he is one of the better, better players to go after true and maybe this is a trade where the canucks can come in as that third team and exactly. retain yeah, 50% of 50% and get a i think we'd get more than a fourth for retaining salary oh. here because it'd be we we would retain more than minnesota had to retain for ryan o'reilly well so, if we're taking on 50% then i would hope we would we would get at least a second from this year <laughs> yeah like and that and that's the minimum like i feel like we should get well, more I than that taking, i don't think we get yeah. a first but no, no for, I'm not getting uh, first, but I mean like maybe like a second and a fourth or something like that, like a duo or of something. Because if we're taking on five five millions a lot, that'll be most yeah. most of our LTIR space anyways, which we're not going to use. But you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it just depends how badly the team that trades for him wants to trade for him. You know, if they want him that bad, then yeah, they'll give up a second and a fourth in addition to what they have to give up to the Blackhawks to get him. So if but if if that's the deal breaker for them, then I don't think we're going to get that much. But you know what? I could see Kane going to a team. Well, at first I thought the Rangers, but then they, they traded for Tarasenko. Um, I could see a team like the Pittsburgh Penguins trading for him if they can make that happen. They're getting old. They've, this is like, I would say this is their last year to like try and make a push before they have to go into a rebuild. So a team like the Penguins, or I'm trying to think of other teams in the East. I mean, every the problem is every team in the East is kind of set. Uh, what about you? Do you any any destinations in mind for Kane? Um, I'd say pretty much just Dallas. Uh, Dallas, Dallas or okay. Carolina could probably use. They have the space for it as well. Just yeah, saying Dallas because I feel like he would fit in the best there with. Uh, Pavelski and uh, Ryan Suter is also there as well. So it's some USA teams or teammates that he's played with. I feel like he'd fit the best there instead of being in Carolina. I yeah, think maybe Dallas could use him. The, I think they can use him the best because they are kind of weak on the wing. Uh, 
But I don't know. I I feel like really anyone could use them. I actually really like that Dallas take, and I was trying to think of Eastern teams, but you know the Blackhawks aren't really in contention, so well, trading them within the division isn't the end of the world for them. So yeah. I, I like the Dallas fit. They've got a great goalie in Ottinger back there, um, but they lack scoring up front. Other than Robertson, who's, who's having a, a heck of a year, but um, they lack scoring on the wing, especially too. So you think I think Kane could be a good ad for them. Being from Buffalo, I was thinking that too. Maybe I Winnipeg? just think, yeah, I don't think Winnipeg will, but I, I was thinking maybe Buffalo as well. But I just think they want to give their young guys a shot. Like they're trusting yeah, they're even, cousins, Tage, playoff spot right now. Anyways, yeah, exactly. So you don't really want to demote cousins or any one of those wingers to the to the third line if just to bring in Kane and potentially miss the playoffs. So do you want to transition to the Canucks here? Yeah. So a little bit of Canucks news that happened actually in the last few hours here. Uh, Rick Dollywall tweeted out saying that. Luke Shen was actually on his way back from, from Nashville to Vancouver this morning. Uh, the team traveled to Nashville last night, or I guess yesterday, and they were in, the, in Nashville yesterday. And then for some reason, Luke Shen was on his way back to Vancouver, and it's all because of trade speculation. And everyone thought it might have been because of Shen's pregnant wife, but uh, Dolly Wall put, uh, put an end to that, saying, no, it actually is about a trade. So... Something must have happened in the last 24 hours where a phone call was made, and uh, I'm intrigued by that. What do you think, uh, wh- what is your most, like, what do you want in a Shen trade? Ideally. Pick. Yeah, yeah. What's, Ideally, what's, your, what's your minimum? What's your minimum pick? Minimum pick is a third. I wouldn't take anything less than a third for him. I think ideally a second at minimum of a third, which is kind of like a small window. I don't think we'll get a first for him like we had originally thought. Um, but I would be happy with a second or third round pick or even like a third and a fourth for Shen. And this news, it comes as news to me because I didn't even hear about it till you mentioned it to me and then I had to look it up on Twitter myself. But uh, this this news makes me happy because... I was at the point where I didn't I didn't know if Shen was going to get traded. I, I wasn't 100% sure what the Canucks were going to do with him. I had heard rumors that we were going to try to keep him. So I hope I do hope we trade him just because I think he likes it here. And I think wherever he goes, he might even re-sign back here in Vancouver. So either way, we're just getting a, a third round pick or a second round pick for a defenseman that could be back on the team next year. So. Well, that's what we kind of hope, right? We kind of want him to... Like, everyone kind of thinks that when you trade one of your UFAs, that, oh, maybe we can talk to them in the offseason. But it, when when does that ever actually happen? Never. And, like, and, and Shen wants to stay here, but with his family, with all the family stuff that's going on with him right now and his wife being pregnant, like, do you think it'd be a slap in the face to trade him? And do you think he would take it maybe a little ill? And not want to come back here after we trade him while he's having all this family stuff go on? The thing about that is it, it depends on our management and how well they're communicating with Shen. So if, if they're communicating with Shen about this and are like, hey, we're we're looking at trading you. It's what's best for the franchise. I know it's not necessarily what you need right now, but we're going to send you to a contender so you can maybe uh, go on a cup run here. And if he straight up says, no, like, do not trade me, then yes, it's a slap in the face and there's no way he would come back. But, you know, if the if the management approaches him and says that and he's like, sure, um, you guys do whatever's best for the franchise, um, but I would like to go to a contender and we trade him to a contender, then yeah, I think there's still opportunity to bring him back next year. Um, we haven't burned those bridges yet. I also, I also think that it's like, if he does come back next year, let's say, like, let's say we do trade him and he does come back, he's wearing an A next year. I'm, yeah, I feel like there's no doubt. There's no doubt he has an A on his chest next year. He probably has top four minutes. And where else is he going to go and get that? He's like, we're going to trade him to a contender and then he's going to go sign Anaheim. I don't know. Like, yeah, I doubt it. He likes it here. He likes it. He likes, apparently, he likes the team. Yeah. He likes everyone here. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like Vancouver really is his best destination to, sign long term if that is his goal 
and I feel like we can give him the money that is fair to him. Like, I don't think I'd want to give him any more than one and a half million. And I feel like that's kind of fair for him as well. I think he's realistically on this team, like a fifth or fourth defenseman. So I, I would, I would be happy bringing him back at like 1.25. It's not at the 850 K or 750 K that he's on right now, but 1.25 is definitely reasonable for a player of his caliber. That's going to be a big part of the leadership group. I know in, Pedersen's after hours interviews we're going to talk about that later but he mentioned Shen being a big part of the leadership group so I think for a player like that that is probably in the Canucks plans for the future I would do 1.25 for sure yep and like you said uh touching on the leadership part I really do think Shen is the biggest part of this leadership group especially on the team like I feel like he has a bigger voice than Miller than he does all over Ekman Larson. I don't even know, like, sometimes I wonder why. Like, we're not in the, obviously we're not in the room and no one knows what goes on in the room, but, like, sometimes I wonder why Oliver has an A over Shen, especially Myers for a little bit, why he had one over, over Shen as well. Myers had an A? But, yeah, for a little bit, Myers was a part of the leadership group. When? Uh, he was listed at the beginning of the season. He had an A on last season, but oh, okay. Uh, if you go if you go on Wikipedia, Wikipedia or any of the, like the sites that show all the captains, he is listed. He was listed there with OEL and Miller with Underbow. So yeah, that's wild. I would yeah, but I think I do I do agree with you. I think Shen is vital going not necessarily vital, but a big part going forward of this leadership group. So. All right, and that kind of leads us into our next topic, which I did say we were going to talk about later, is the after-hours interview with Pedersen. Um, a lot of the questions were just for fun, for example, like about the All-Star competition or you know what its pregame music is. Um, but there were some serious questions in there. And uh, the first thing I'll, I'll talk about, and we have previously talked about this, was is he open to signing a long-term extension in Vancouver? And he immediately said yes to that question. He was like, yes. He did follow it up with, he's just focusing on this season right now, but he he did say he is open to negotiating in the summer and hopefully reaching an agreement this summer. Um, and uh, the, hopefully the Canucks can de- get that done this summer. Yeah, um, I never really liked those those type of questions where it's like, oh, are you... Do you want to come back? Are you going to resign? It's like, what, what, what do you expect him to say? Unless they actually want to get, unless they want to be the, the most hated player on their team for the next 20, 30 games. And I feel like Pete Pedersen's just going to say yes no matter what. Obviously, he's going to say, yeah, he wants to stay here. But I don't know. Yeah, but if a player truly doesn't want to stay here, they'd be a bit dodgy about it. I feel like the the fact that he immediately did, answered sound like he was a bit dodgy but he started with yes like that's what he led with so i don't necessarily like yeah he transitioned that into oh, i'm just focusing on the season um we'll see, we'll see what happens uh in the summer but i feel like a player that didn't want to stay here would just kind of deflect the question but he he started it off, right off with like yes like i like it here i like it in vancouver I like the city. Um, he seems to like his teammates. So, how much do you think he signs for in the off season? Ten point five, realistically. I think he's getting more. You think he's getting more? Wow. I think he's getting more. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if it was eleven, with with how everything's going. I guess he's on he's on a hundred point pace, right? He's on a hundred and eight point pace. Yeah, with the forty goal. Hundred. Yeah. Which, okay. is pre- which is pretty crazy. That's, it's pretty nuts. Well, that's superstar level. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like, especially with us being a top bottom five team, top five where wherever you're looking at it. But yeah, like Petey's having an unreal season, and it's actually crazy to think that a lot of fans last season were wanting to get rid of him and trade him after after the first forty games. I thought that was the most ridiculous thing ever. But you got to be patient with these kind of players too. He's 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 super smart. He's a super smart player um, with a wicked shot. So those type of players, they're they're. I feel like they're gonna, you know, hit some ruts in their career. But Patterson seems to be putting together a really consistent season. 
offensively as well as his defensive side is also very underrated. I think he's a great transitional player and uh, important to the Canucks structure in the D zone. And like he's our franchise cornerstone to build around going forward. He's a number one center that, you know, if we're for retooling or rebuilding or whatever in three or four years when we're, we're gearing up to make a playoff run, he is the number one center in his prime that's going to lead us, lead this team into the playoffs. So, yeah, I've got nothing really more to say on the PD interview. It was mostly just a lot of the same questions that were asked on the Sportsnet interview with uh, American Friedman. Exactly. It was, it was a lot of, I, I, he gave a lot of the same answers as well. So it wasn't really like any news, newsworthy or breaking uh, stories, but it's it's cool to see PD taking more interviews like that though. Like that's two very notable interviews in the last month because that yeah. was a that was a thirty two thoughts, which is one of the bigger uh, hockey podcasts out there. He did that at the All Star Weekend, and then he's doing the was it Hockey Night in Canada? Is that what Scott Oak's doing, or is it more of a? Because I know it's an after hours. yeah, ho- Hockey Night in Cal- Hockey Night in Canada after hours. Okay. Um, one more thing about that. He was asked about the captaincy and we've already talked about this, so I won't go into it. Um, but he, then he mentioned the leadership group and his relationship with JT Miller and the rest of the leaders. Um, and he had some, he had some nice things to say about JT Miller. I just want to touch on JT Miller's response about this. So this is a quote from Miller via Ian McIntyre. That's really nice of him. I didn't even know he said that. Um, PD and my relationship has come a long way. We're polar opposites in a lot of ways, but we're working on it. Yeah, definitely. That definitely sounds like there was something there at one point. Yeah, definitely. Like maybe there was tension, um, but essentially everything I've heard from Pedersen about Miller is just that he's super competitive and just wants to win at all costs. And when when we're a losing team like we are right now. Maybe that doesn't bring out the best in people, but I'm hoping you know we can start to play better next year, and then therefore uh, Miller's attitude and relationship with everyone um, takes a turn for the better. So, and with the, the when, since we're on the topic of Miller at the moment, um, it's kind of come out saying that a few teams have been calling in on JT the last couple, the last week, I guess, week and a bit. Um, what do you? Th- think about that because i guess i guess the team kind of wants to take all of their ch- uh take all the chances to see to if we can trade him before his uh no no move clause does kick in yeah i think we at least have to explore explore our options with that um i know it'd be kind of like backtracking and i've i've heard some fans say oh it'd be like admitting a mistake yeah kind of is but yeah I, it, I think it, yeah it kind of is but i <laughs> i i don't think I think the Canucks management would be mistaken not to at least look into those options. We we don't necessarily have to pursue a Miller trade. Like we don't have to be the main um, main people trying to facilitate facilitate a trade. But if we're being called about it, we would be unwise to just turn it down and not at least look into the the possibility of trading Miller. But. How mad are you right now that we didn't take last year's reported trade from the Rangers of Nils Lundqvist? Heedle Lundqvist in the yeah. first. Man, that just it stinks. <sighs> After seeing what Heedle's think... doing this year, and apparently Dallas loves Nils Lundqvist, so yeah, I think the thing with that trade is though is if we had traded Miller, then we would have resigned Horvat. So again, it just comes down to do you want Miller or Horvat? I still don't think that Horvat would have signed for what he signed today, though, at the time. Because no one saw what Bo was doing this season. Yeah, I I think I still think we would be signed in mid season though, and like again, it comes down to Miller versus Horvat, and we had to pick one of them, and we picked Miller. Which long and long term only I still I still feel like Miller is the right choice just because he is the better player and his play style I feel like will adapt to his uh, aging I guess aging body, but um. I don't know. I as much as I love Bo and I still would wish we kept him. I still think choosing Miller will it it, it is the, the smartest choice. Looking at contracts and how they're both playing this year, I guess. Yeah, and there's a lot of Miller haters out there. It's an unpopular opinion, and 
yeah, he's a he's a hated player in the Canucks um, media and fan base. But I'm gonna side with you. Well, not necessarily. I actually like Miller. He's one of my favorite players. Um, he's probably like your last name. top three. Not even. I don't know. I liked him. I just I just liked him. <laughs> I like the way he plays. He does play hard, and people think he doesn't. But if you watch him, like he's putting a hundred percent effort on the forecheck. I've seen a couple times on the back check, but when you're that third guy back, I mean, you should be busting it back, but isn't at the end of the day, it's not really making the, the difference whether they score or not. I mean, but it doesn't really matter what he, he gives does. it on the forecheck. It doesn't really matter yeah. what he does. He's our, he's the, the Twitter's whipping boy right now. So even if, even if he's, yeah, he's like you said, even if he's gli- like gliding as a third man back, which I mean, when you're the third man back, you're supposed to be kind of back a little bit, right? You're not trying to get into the, in between the two, the two players that are already back checking. So, um, yeah, you're you're picking up the defenseman if they step yeah, up into the, the, play. the trailer, right? So, uh, even even if people are still gonna see that and and want to crap on them for for no reason, sometimes like sometimes it is it is warranted, but most of the time it's it's people just wanting to complain. Exactly, and I think he had a tough start to the season, and that's a big contributor as to why people hate on him is because there were clips from him from the start of the season not playing up to par and that was right after we signed him and i think that's carried over to a bit now even though he's playing better so yeah he's not putting up he's not putting up the most five on five points in the world but i i think under rick tockett and if he finds a consistent line mates that's the thing is like under bruce we were always juggling lines around and it's hard to develop chemistry with, with players if you're not playing with them very often or people are moving in and out of the top six. But I like that under Tockett, you know, players have been given consistent line mates, at least one guy that they always play with. And with Miller, it seems to be Garland. And with Pedersen, it seems to be um, Beauvillier Tito. or Kuzmenko. Uh, Kuz, so. Kuz is, it seems like they've kind of put Kuz back on that line as of lately. but. Who knows? He might he yeah. might get put back in the doghouse for a little bit because Taka does like teaching lessons. But going back to um, what you were saying about Miller at the beginning of the season, it's just another thing about Canucks fans and Canucks Twitter is that, like we were saying about Pedersen's last season and how in the first forty games people were wanting to trade him. It's it's like you have a slow start to the season and you're all you're all of a sudden the the whipping boy, and and everyone turns on you for whatever reason and there's no patience i just feel like there's no patience in seeing how everything's going to turn out like that's one wrong one wrong mistake by the management group and everyone wants them fired and it was like the first month (laughs) yeah i know right yeah going forward i think if you know if we get a good good offer for miller it's definitely worth considering especially before his no move his no move clause kicks in um I, I would definitely consider it if I was Canucks management, and it, it depends on the offer and depends on the team. And that's tough, because I can't even think of a team that would trade for Miller. Um, teams that have cap space, like Carolina and Vegas, just because they just put there some big players on LTIR, but those are the only two that I can think of. I think Vegas is definitely going the the main the main trade target going forward. Because with Mark Stone on LTIR, um, he could be done for his career. Like it's if he sad. retires, it's sad because I like Mark Stone. It is sad. I liked Mark Stone too, but I think Vegas, if if they have Stone on LTIR and he retires, we could trade for that Stone contract in return for Miller, and then put Stone on our our LTIR, and then get. You know, a first and a prospect in return. They have Zach Whitecloud back there on defense. Um, I'm not too sure what the rest of their prospect pool looks like. I know they gave up a bunch for uh, um, Eichel the uh, the other year, like last year. So I'm not too sure what their prospect pool looks like. But, but I also that's that's definitely the number one destination for Miller. I think. I also have a feeling that they're not going to want to miss playoffs this year. Where are they? They're in first place in the Pacific, so they're going to make playoffs no matter what, by the looks of it. But um, with Stone yeah. being out, it 
there's a high chance that they're going to be a first round exit because I mean, they're going to have to go up against Edmonton if that's what it's looking like right now. Yeah, Edmonton or Minnesota. I feel like they'll have a pretty tough chance against both of those teams without Stone. I do think that they're going to be one of the buyers at the deadline, and hopefully they can give up something for us, for Miller. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I'm not not necessarily for or against trading Miller. I'm kind of neutral. Um, but if if I had to pick a side... If I had to pick a side, I would be for trading JT Miller. Once we get over to over uh, onside or offside, I have a I have a, a a take on Miller that you might love, but okay, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> okay, I, I was going somewhere with that. I don't know where I went with it, but where I wanted to go did we'll not see. happen. No, we'll see. We'll see. So I heard that you went to an Abbott Street game a couple weeks ago. You want to kind of open up about that and tell us how uh, how your scouting report is? <laughs> sure. Um, this was something we forgot to talk about last week because I went to it uh, two Fridays ago. It was uh, Atu Ratu's first Abbotsford home game. Um, the final score of that game, it was against the, the Tucson Roadrunners, and we won 4 nothing. It was a 4 nothing game. And it was one of Seelaw's last games as an Abbey Canuck. I think he's going to get sent back down there eventually, but it was one of his last games before he got called up. And we were going to touch, like I, like I mentioned, we were going to touch on this last episode, but we didn't. And my scouting report, it's, it's tough because now that Seelaw is in the NHL, obviously everyone's had the chance to see him. But I was going to say that I actually really liked him, especially in Abbotsford. Um, he looked super calm and composed. His rebound control is great. And he actually does something that I really like. And I, I think lots of goalies are starting to incorporate in their game. His post play is excellent. He uses a technique called the overlap, which is something that Jake Ottinger does as well. And he also does um, something when the, when the puck's behind the net, he kind of goes into this butterfly along the goal line um, with a skate on each post which is something I've seen Shesterkin do as well so he's kind of incorporating different play styles like Shesterkin's um, double post technique what I'm going to call it and uh, Ottinger's overlap and honestly that's that's what I picked out picked up out of it he wasn't really tested with a lot of high danger chances um, but he was good with his rebounds uh, yeah so he looked great that night in Abbotsford. Obviously, the the game after against the Rangers, he was shaky. I think a lot of that can be accredited to, to nerves starting your first NHL game. So it's kind of difficult to judge him on that first shot, especially since he let in that, that first goal against Mika. That was probably not the best goal. Um, and then after that, you're probably just even more nervous. He looked much more settled in in that third period against the Rangers. So that made me have a little bit of confidence in him. And actually, going forward into the Flyers game, I was wondering if we were going to start on that game because obviously like he was rough against the Rangers, but you know, with a chance to bounce back against a worse team like the Flyers, and we did. We did start him. He was up to the task. I believe he stopped 33 of 35 shots that game, so I didn't actually get the chance to watch that game, but I'm sure he was good. Obviously, he won 6-2, and he had a pretty good save percentage, so... Um, I'm happy with how he's he bounced back from the Rangers to Flyers game. So that's just my take on Seelovs. I'm not sure what you saw from that Rangers game, but he doesn't look too like. Yeah, he looked a little shaky in the first game for the first period, but it seemed like he kind of asserted himself in that. I don't blame him for the amount of goals that he let in, really, just because the defense in front of him is pretty shite. I I I think he's still too young to even give him a, a, a full, give him the rest of the season. I don't want to ruin his development. He's twenty. I know, I know. But like on like David Quadrelli was on uh, was on the radio this morning, and he was pretty much saying having Braden Holpe last year really helped Thatcher Demko in the long run. So maybe running out Seelovs with Demko when Demko comes back might be an all right idea. I'm not I'm not very knowledgeable in the goalie area of all this, so. I don't want to touch too much on Seelovs, but I don't think he looked too bad. 
No, yeah, he definitely looked good, and he yeah, good having Philly game. Yeah, he did. Uh, from the highlights I saw, anyways. Um, but yeah, definitely as a starter, having having a backup that you can trust is a big help. Like it's super helpful knowing that you can throw Seelaws in for. Not again, not now. I agree with your take that I think he should be sent down to the AHL um, because ultimately we want to lose games, and our best chance of that is starting Delia. And I don't want to ruin Seelaws' confidence or development by you know throwing him in there against teams like the Rangers. I think that was a bad move. Start starting him his first NHL game against an offensive powerhouse. It was but, yeah. We we were we were saying that it's. Not like I don't know. I don't know why we couldn't just hold him for one more game for Philly and let him start with Philly because letting him see, sh- I guess it's kind of a give him something that like you're gonna see shots from Tarasenko and Panarin and Zabanajad and Chris Kreider, probably four of the some of the best sh- snipers in the league, uh, shooters in the league. So I, I guess you kind of want him to get comfortable with all that, but I still think it was a little bit of a, a throw in. I also don't blame him because Shister can also let in four goals, five goals. What was it, four? Yeah, four. We lost 6-4 yeah. with an empty netter. So. Yeah, Shister didn't really play too bad, or he didn't play too good. So um, I feel like that also gives Seelaws maybe a little bit of confidence knowing that one of the best goalies in the world on the other side of him didn't play very well as well. Exactly. And kind of going back to the topic about the Abbotsford Canucks, another thing that I noticed from that game is... Atu Ratu's game. I'm just going to talk about that for a little bit. He looked good. He was all over the ice. He had a bunch of shots. He didn't get a point or a goal, but I don't think that's the be-all, end-all for him. Um, He's going to take some time to settle into a new team, develop some chemistry with some new players. So he he looked good. He he looked individually skilled. He moved the puck well. Um, One thing that he really struggled with, though, was face-offs. And I don't know if this is uh, another thing that the Canucks have noticed with him, but his his faceoffs are, are are really weak. He's he's a center, but you know at the end of the game, I think he went like zero for eight on faceoffs. And then in the third period, when they had him, when he was on the draw, actually they moved him to the wing and brought out our third line center Chase Wooters to take a draw. He won it and immediately went to the bench and. Uh, the the winger one of the wingers hopped on the ice. So at the end of the game, they actually had guys taking faceoffs for Ratu. So that could be something to keep an eye on going forward. Yeah, and Chris Faber also just had an interview. Uh, it was less than less than twenty four hours ago with Atu Ratu. Pretty much the first question was, how does he believe his first eight games of the Canucks have gone? And and he pretty much responded with, not great so far. I've been playing horrible. I hope it's I hope it's going to get better. I mean, I'm trying my best every game, and I'm trying to work hard. Adiratu has one assist in eight games. He's a minus five. So the beginning of his career with the Abbotsford Canucks hasn't really gone very well, but it's the end of a season. He's just got traded from a from a different team, and he was playing well over in, in Bridgeport. So I don't blame him too much, but I feel like we can judge him next season when he actually is used to everyone and used to the city and there's not so much pressure really going on him anymore. Yeah, exactly. I think we can't judge him based off this year. And I think another year in the AHL won't be bad for him at all. If he doesn't make the jump next year, so be it. Breaking news. General Manager Patrick Alvin announced today that Oliver Ekman Larson has been placed on injured reserve. Oh, does that, that just, just now? That was about 15 minutes ago. Oh, nice. There's the LTIR cap space that we're talking uh, not about. Not long-term. It's just injury reserve, which oh, it, it'll most likely turn okay. into long-term at some point in the next week and a half, I bet you. But yeah, it's just kind of going back to what we were saying earlier about more cap space. That's another, what, what's Oliver making? 7 point something? 7.8? Yeah, 7.8. So that's some, that's some money we can take on. Some nice uh, picks and maybe a prospect. Who knows? No one's going to give us, no one's gonna give us exactly. a prospect, but... Yeah, and I've actually got uh, an interesting onside or offside that may or may not involve Oliver ekman Larson. Mm. So. Do you want to just get into that right now then? Do you have anything more on Abbotsford? I think so. I've Not really, other than, you know what? Actually, I, I do also have one more thing. You. Former, you go first before oh, you lose your train of thought. Okay, former Vancouver Giant 
Tristan Nielsen. He has worked his butt off, and I full respect to that man because when he played for the Giants, I really liked his game, but he didn't really come. He didn't really. He didn't really look that good until he was a 19-year-old in the WHL. So, like two years after his draft year, he did, he didn't really do much till then. So he went undrafted, and then the Canucks just picked him up after he aged out of the WHL, and then he never looked back from there. He's worked his way onto the top line, top power play unit. He's, I believe, a point per game in the AHL, and he just continues to impress me. And I think he he's a player that could have a future with the Canucks. That Not the Abbotsford Canucks, though, the Vancouver Canucks. I think he's an undrafted player that could eventually work himself into the NHL. He's he's a bit undersized, but he's a guy that can play center. He can play wing. Um, he's fast and plays with a lot of heart. So well, he's one guy who I really I really noticed out there and really another like, former so. giant, Canuck uh, Leaper. I I I wasn't around for yeah. when he was on the Giants, but man, can that guy fight? Hey, yeah, he had that video against. Uh, he fought that six eight guy on the Wranglers. Just I mean, he oh, held yeah. his own. I wouldn't say there was like a clear winner, but. Six eight versus six. I mean, foot, he so. fought two people that game as well, and he kind of messed the other guy up. So, oh yeah, really? I didn't even see that. Game, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, what I was gonna love it. ask you just quickly, so we can touch on it, and then we'll get into onside or offside. How did you like uh, Linus Carlson's game? Do you think he can be a, a big time, maybe like a third line center for us in the future? He was a player that I didn't really notice a lot. A lot. Um, he's getting tons of opportunity, and obviously, he's playing uh, super well down there in well, Abbotsford. Just knowing uh, that he's got year. size and he's got a pretty good shot and Swedish is friends with all the Swedes. So I just kind of, I, I kind of hope that there's a future with him and that he can kind of turn into a big, at least a, a solid third line center, right? You know what? He looks yeah. slow. I'm not going to lie. He, I, I don't know. He had a bubble on too. So I think he might have been just coming off an injury, like a jaw injury or something. But yeah, he looked slow. He, I agree with you. He's got a good shot. He shot the puck a couple times, um, and he's big. He definitely has size. But even at the AHL, AHL speed, he didn't look that fast. So we'll see if uh, the he'll translate to the NHL next year. Um, yeah, I guess only time will tell with Linus Carlson. But I'm not a huge believer in it, to be honest. I know his production down in Abbotsford has been really good, okay. but I think. I, I'm gonna be on. I'm gonna lean to the side of he won't necessarily be a solid third liner for us in the future. Maybe a fourth liner. Yeah, I'm not huge on Linus Carlson actually. It's a small sample size too. Yeah, and then if we want to get into onside or offside, pretty much onside or offside. I'll kind of explain it again for the for the listeners that for the five of you that are listening to this podcast that didn't listen to the last one. Uh, it's pretty much. We hope there's more. more. Onside or offside is pretty much where we go on the internet and find a, a bad take or a good take that we think that each other could disagree or agree with. We go over show notes, but this is the one part of the show where we actually don't tell each other what we have picked out just so we can get our our reaction at the our real reaction, I guess, to the to the take that we kind of present to each other. So if you kinda of want to go first and give your take on it. Well, I was actually gonna let you go first because oh, I went oh, first did, last did week. Did you? But, okay, uh... I can go first then. Mine's from Twitter. As some may know, I'm always on Twitter. I'm a part of the, the awful community that is called Canucks Twitter. But this one guy, his his name's Arpin on BC. He pretty much just threw out an awful poll. Or I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say awful. <laughs> I'm gonna let you decide on what your opinion is. It's pretty much JT Miller for the Lucic contract, straight up. Miller for Lucic to Calgary. Uh, no other assets involved. Who says no? I'm gonna get your take on it real what? quick, and then I'll tell you the the well, how the poll ended all right if i became the gm today i actually don't mind that move as much as like i'm going against everything that i said for said about miller early on in the season i just think that the way the canucks are going miller is not looking like he's gonna be in his prime when we're trying to compete, like he's going to be 33, 34 when we're trying to compete. So 
I think getting rid of that contract and spending that money elsewhere isn't necessarily a bad move. Um, I think the Luchich tough. It's one. It's it's a tough one to take back, but I believe it expires. Nope, this year at the end of sure. next year. I think right? it's this year. Yeah. This year? Okay, yeah. So even better. Um, so I don't love it considering that I like Miller as a player. Um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with. I I would try to get something else of that out of that trade, but I like where his head is at and I like the I like the initial thought. So you're you're on side? So I would do it. I would do, I I'm wow. on side. I would do it if I can get something if I can get something no, else. No, 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 that that's deal. not that's not and the take. That's not the no, take. No, but <laughs> I'm changing it. I'm changing it. Reluctantly, yeah. no, I can't do that. It's just that's that's such a you can't do that. As I it's agree, so as I agree with just most to, of the things you just said, I am on the side of I don't want to give Miller away for free. That is, it, it's pretty bonehead. Exactly. Um, when you have a pretty almost a point per game player, uh, Mill, Miller's having a an off season and he's a, pretty much almost at a point per game. Not really. Is he actually? I think he's 10 under. Yeah, he's a bit under. But 40, yeah, he's a, he's 40 and 50. Under. That's a very good for a top line player. So that you're essentially giving him away for free. And then especially giving him to Calgary, it makes it a little bit worse in my, in, in my opinion. So that is the most offside take that you can come up with. And the, the comments all agree with me. They're all, they're all calling Arpan an idiot. This pretty much has, let's see one. This one had one like, so the tweet had one like and 300 uh, replies to it. And then it got deleted. He deleted the wow. tweet, so yeah. Wow. At the time of the screenshot that was taken, it had 260 votes, and 57% was saying that Vancouver would say no. Everyone pretty much disagreed with it. What percent of people said yes, I would do that? Um, well, it was, uh, who says no? Vancouver was 57%, 20% to Calgary, and uh, then neither was 9%, and both was 13%. But this was 40 minutes into the tweet, and he deleted it after. Okay, so it's very, it's very uh, disagreed with, which makes sense. Which it's, I see where you're coming it's from. Like, take. if I was to become GM today, obviously I want to get rid of that money too. I don't like player aside. I don't want to give a player eight eight million, or I want to give a thirty year old eight million for seven years, because it's just it doesn't go with where we're going. Exactly. Bad, especially, and then it's. Just Cal- like, and then even being in Calgary shoes, why would Calgary even want to take that on? They just they just gave Huberto they gave Huberto ten and a half yeah, million they already for have seven years, and Cadre's making like seven over seven or something like that. The people saying the people saying Calgary really saying no is also a lot of sense correct. You, okay. so. <laughs> All right, so let's let's hear what you've got. Let's yeah, yours. All right, you, you might need to write this down. Okay, it's a three way. It's a it's a three team trade. Okay. So it's between the Vancouver Canucks, the Edmonton Oilers, and the San Jose Sharks. In this trade, the San Jose Sharks receive Oliver Ekman Larson, Atu Ratu, Edmonton's 2023 first, and Edmonton's 2023 fourth. The Edmonton Oilers receive Eric Carlson, 2.7 retained. The Vancouver Canucks receive Tyson Berry. And Yessi Puyarvi. Do you uh, let me let me hear me your answer, take on that. Do you want me to, from the Canucks perspective? From the Canucks perspective. So we're giving up Oliver and Ratu. Edmonton's giving up their first and their fourth, right? And that's where that's what's going up to San Jose. Yeah, yeah. And then we're getting Barry and Puyarvi, and Edmonton's getting Eric Carlson. Um, damn. I'm trying to I'm trying to break this all down because I don't, I know right it's I a tough don't one. want Barry at all, but I don't know what it, I'm not going to look the contract up. I think it's up in the next year. I hope. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you his contract. It expires at the end of next year, and it's four point five. Priority's up at the end of this year, and it's um three mil. Yeah, man. Because like it would be nice to get rid of OEL. That'd be so, that'd be so sweet. That's pretty much for free because I know so. But I also don't really want to get rid of Ratu just because we all need all of the prospects that we can get. And that's I don't know that's if I'm too high on Puliarvi. Like he could maybe turn it around, but I don't think he'll do it in Vancouver. 
I don't know. I want to like it's just like it's so big getting rid of Oliver Ekman Larson that I want to say it's onside. It's a pretty fair trade. Yeah, like like yeah. It's an egregious trade though. Like who it's, comes it's up with that? Like yeah. that's wild. That's actually like what I, I saw. Know, this, like, I was yeah, like, that's I don't huge. even know how to answer this because like I don't want to get a, give up Ratu, but we all would be sweet to get rid of. And then even talking about on the Edmonton side of things, like a first and a fourth for Eric Carlson with two point seven retained. So what is so it, it and yeah and Tyson Berry and Jesse Puriarvi. Yeah, those guys are kind of throwing. They're trying to get rid of those guys anyways. So, from the Vancouver Canucks perspective, onside or offside? Oh man, it's it's onside. It's an onside take because we can still, I guess, keep Puliyarvi. Yeah, we could still keep Puliyarvi. Barry will be gone next season. We can because who even knows what Raptor would be? Maybe he even becomes a Puliyarvi. Yeah. I am with you I'm on this be one. Onside. It's funny we agreed on both, but I am. Yeah. I'm not reluctantly onside though. I'm. I'm fully onside. <laughs> get OEL out of town. Like get him out of here. Like just giving up Atu Ratu to get rid of him. Sure, would do you, it. Would you get rather give here. up Ratu or Lekaramaki? Oh, Lekaramaki probably. Eyes. Concerning yeah. what he's doing this year, yeah. I know he's younger. He's drafted a year later, but I'd probably give up Lekaramaki. I think I'd do it. Ratu. Yeah, I think I'd do it. But in this trade, it's Ratu. And honestly, I, I, I don't think we resign. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't either. I don't think so either. Like we signed, just we kind of think neither of them. Maybe Pulley can be a. Uh, we can maybe see what we can get out of him, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Depends what we get him for, right? Right now, he's at three mil. He's an RFA, so I think there are rules around like what you can give him and what you can't. So. I'm not exactly sure what the minimum offer would have to be, but I don't know. I wouldn't do it. I'm sorry. I wouldn't resign Puyarvi yeah. or Barry. Yeah. I would do the trade though. Get OEL yeah, out wow. here. Look at that. We just agreed with so, both. I'm gonna go with. I don't side. think we did last week, right? I think we. You were offset on my know, take. Right? So. I disagreed with you. And um, do you want to hear another one? I'm sure. actually. Throw this is a. One. So I'm on Cat Friendly again. It's um, someone who's who's doing a Canucks rebuild. Um, here we go. Carolina, Carolina receives JT Miller and Luke Shen. Vancouver receives Yaspiri Kokaniemi, Scott Morrow. Yep, onside, I'll do 2023 it. second round pick. <laughs> I don't think they would do it. Yeah. And, and this is a Canucks. I don't think they would do it either. This is a Canucks. I just threw that one out there because this yeah. guy, he's a Canucks fan. Like he's uh he's making these trades from the perspective of the Canucks, so obviously they're going to be a little bit biased. Um. So yeah, the JT Miller trade and Luke Shen to Carolina for Kokanemi and Scott I'd, I'd Morrow, hundred percent, you're getting that done. But the uh, that was just like a oh I see that below this trade, and I'll just I'll, I'll get you on the trade that you said on it, but oh. Yeah, yeah. Just, it wasn't part of all. I mean, or I'm not the biggest fan of Kokanemi, but even just having a second rounder and Scott Morrow come back in return, like I'd take that just for JT Miller. <laughs> to be honest with you, so yeah, and then it's like exactly. Yeah, we're sending Shen. The only thing exactly. that I worry about on Carolina side is that if they could even afford it, because I don't know how much Patrick was making, but um, yeah, I don't know. I I would I would do it because Kokanemi could also be a nice little third third line center for the future he's not making actually i think he's his contract's egregious yeah i was gonna say i think his contract he's making bad, like seven actually, points so. something because um, yeah. there was that whole thing between well, carolina I also and montreal i think that comes up pretty soon if not this year right yeah it's it's I, yeah, i'm not sure when so. he's up but it's up i don't think it'd be that I, we'd obviously sign him to like probably three to four million that'd be the most ideal yeah what are your what's your opinion on that one I, i'm the same as you i would do it and uh, yeah, that was again. It wasn't really part of onside or offside, but just thought I'd throw it in there because I just saw it now. So, got anything else to kind of throw out there? No, I don't think so. We're coming up on uh, on our time here. So tune in next week because today on the Donnie and Dolly's podcast, or I guess on Check TV, uh, Bruce Boudreau actually did an interview. Uh, the first, not the first interview, but kind of the first interview in the Canucks market. So. Um, me and Cam are actually going to listen to that and then we'll have our opinions on it next episode. 
uh, check in next Wednesday for that. Thanks for listening to another episode of Staying Onside. And we appreciate you. Come back next week because we really need your views. Yeah.